Welcome, everybody, back to this PHLY Sixers podcast. Joined once again by Kyle Newbeck out here in Colorado. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm good. You know, the people talked a lot of trash yesterday about you just have a wall behind you. So super producer Marissa came and got us something for the table. We have a nice backdrop now. I mean, look at this, man. Yeah. We're, it's like we're real professionals. Professional. You know who else <laughs> was seemingly a professional today? Apparently, does his James name Harden rhyme was. with Hames Jordan? It, it does. James Harden reported uh, for practice, went through practice, according to Nick Nurse. He participated in just about every bit of practice. He didn't get in details of exactly what he did, but said he was almost a full participant. And it seemed, now you can never really be sure. And we have do no idea. Do we have to credit Restoration 360 for James we, Harden we did. showing Restoration up? Restoration 360, the sponsor for this trip, <laughs> definitely is the reason that James Harden came back. But it seems, at least for the moment, and again, tomorrow is tomorrow. We have no idea. At the moment, the Sixers seem like a normal basketball team. And I... I don't know if I go that far, but closer to normal. For today. Only today. Nobody expects this long term. Today seemed like a normal training camp, and uh, I'm stunned. Yeah, so we talked amongst ourselves and with some of the PR staffers downstairs that, you know, every day is a new adventure, and I compared it to... If you go in expecting chaos yeah. and circus, it's a little bit easier to deal with the ups and downs when you're just ready for anything. I was not really prepared for this outcome today. I thought there'd at least be, you know, maybe a a Woj bomb saying you know, Harden was yelling at somebody or, or he said a glare yeah. or he, he did something. But by all accounts, it was a very standard, normal day and... It almost makes me more suspicious that something's going to happen. It's like, oh, I don't know, man. I can't really buy the immediate good soldier act. But first step, first day, everything went well. All the teammates said good things. That the guy's in shape. His energy was good. And to be he, clear, like he looked like he was in pretty good shape. Like I would say better than last year's James Harden. Yeah. So to be clear, by the time we got into the gym, they they must have put. There was like a white security van that he got a mask thrown <laughs> over him and thrown into, and they got him out of there before we were able to get into the gym. But from the pictures that the Sixers shared through uh, their Twitter account, I'm sure on Instagram, other places as well, we could see James looked good. And, you know, then you get the feedback from Nick Nurse and all his teammates saying, other than a few things that the strength and conditioning and the medical team were like, yep. yeah, we can bring him on a little bit more slowly. It seems like it's mostly full go. Yeah, and to be clear, like we say this, we don't expect James Harden to win teammate of the year. If he's <laughs> on the team after the trade deadline, do I think he's magically going to be okay with the situation? No, but maybe he's come to some realization that he has to at least come back, look like a normal basketball player, look like a normal teammate, so other teams are interested in trading for him, specifically for his preferred team, the only real team he's given an indication that he wants to go to, will trade for him. But even just generally having a market for your services He's got to be a good teammate. And may maybe, maybe this is the first indication that he's come to that realization. So hold on. Randy says that they snuck him out in a popcorn machine like Taylor Swift at MetLife. Is that a thing that actually happened? I At this point, I'm like 
50% of things you tell me about Taylor Swift, I just assume are true no matter right. what is being said because I watched her fans have a meltdown over her having chicken fingers with ketchup and ranch. And it was like the most ridiculous thing to care about. So I guess Marissa is shaking her head. Yes, that that's a real thing. So maybe they did put James in a popcorn machine to get him out of here, but. And we have TN commenting. I'd respect Harden to grind this year to get that contract. He wants next year. Of course. I think maybe he, he means expect by that, but regardless, like I think that's always been a path that we thought he should take. We just didn't know if he would take. And like we said in yesterday's show, show grievance towards ownership or management, specifically Daryl Morey, but be a good basketball player. That's a way to still get your point across and have the maximum amount of interest league-wide. He has to be at a point, if this summer didn't show him, he has to be at a point where he realizes, I'm not just going to get a max contract because I'm James Harden. I have to actually do the other things that go along with being a normal professional basketball player, and that includes showing up to your team, practicing with your team, and not trying to sabotage your team. And I think maybe this is an indication that he realizes that. Yeah, and I will say Nick towards maybe like two-thirds into his media veil today, maybe towards the end, said something to the effect of, and I could probably pull up the quote if I wanted to be a real professional here. I, I, I think he said he knows the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> they expect him to be here, and that's just the expectation now. So now that he's actually here, there I would say there was more wiggle room before, right? I do think the organization was putting their best foot forward and saying, Hey, look, James might not be here on day one, but if he were to show up on day five or next week or whenever it is, that they would try to take as diplomatic approach as they probably could. Now that he's here, though, that that's that's all out the window. It's got to be professional, business-like, all about winning. And so we'll see what happens tomorrow, but no circus yet. I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. And and like we said, uh, so there was a question earlier up, like, did we get to watch practice? Not really. We get to see like 10, 15, 20 minutes of shooting at the end of it. So we did. And, and by that point, James Harden was already off the court. He did his shooting for the day before practice rather than after. Wouldn't shock me if it was to at least not be there when the media showed up, but who knows? So we did not physically see him ourselves. We saw pictures of him that the Sixers released, that other people released. Um, when we say that he looked good physically, like in good shape, we're basically basing it off of the exact same things that you have. We have not seen James Harden yet. And so Akil in the chat says, would the players police Harden if he tried to sabotage training camp? So I think that's part of like what we're going to talk about today. There are obviously, a lot, players were asked a lot about James Harden. Yeah. And I think more or less to a T, at least, you know, we only talked to three players, but to it, all three of them understand this is a business. You know, I think players because they are in the business of basketball, not only the game of basketball, understand that, you know, they all want their next contract. And yeah. even if this hurts them, they understand James is doing what he feels he needs to do to get paid. I don't think, you know, players, Tobias, Joel, take it as personally as maybe fans do or even some people in the media do. Now, are there is there some resentment if he holds out and hurts their chances? For sure. But right now when he's going to be here and theoretically playing hard, and again, if he loafs it, does any of the nonsense he did at previous stops, maybe there will become some resentment towards that. But I think right now they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. For sure. And, you know, to a man, got asked about it a lot today. Nick, I actually asked Nick directly, like, does James need to go to his teammates and kind of clear the air, settle things? And he said, no, I think the best way to show that is with his presence and he's being engaged on the floor and right. it's going through whatever drills they have to go through. And so 
as long as he acts as he did today, which is to say that he's just a normal basketball player, there shouldn't be any problems. It is unique, as we've said, compared to Ben in that Ben was trying to light everybody on fire. That was a fuck Joel. And Joel even, Doc Rivers. Joel even mentioned that. He's like, look, there are reports of, of me being a, a part or a reason for that that disconnect. Um, that being a, a key difference between this and there, there's not that now. No. So, look, he can still have, if he wants to go to more nightclubs and play his highlights in the background and hold up Daryl Morey as a liar signs, he's well within his right to. We don't know as of now if we're going to talk to James this week. Now, certainly we're going to talk to him eventually this, if he's on the team and practicing. Right. The Sixers just can't withhold him forever and stop him from doing availability. I wonder at this point how much is James playing it safe and the team wanting – I think there's probably reason on both sides to be like, hey, James, why don't you just – you know, yeah, you can play and we want you here and we want you to you know full steam ahead, but – Let's just let the dust settle a little bit, and then we'll we'll have you do your your first availability of the season. Yep, for sure, um, for sure. And, and to your point, like there's you know, we it, it's it's the way that the team has been in sort of lockstep on we're accepting James, we're okay with everything. On the one hand, like you're sure that was rehearsed beforehand, but on the other hand, for it to be this consistent, I do think generally going back to what I said at the beginning. Players understand the business of basketball on top of the game of basketball. Uh, and I think they're giving him a little bit of leeway in that regard. Yeah. And I think that, again, we say this all the time. I think they like him, that which is a very important base level thing. I don't think, you know, Ben didn't have all enemies in the locker room, but he did keep a very close circle around him. And a lot of those people were not his teammates. It's, you know, friends and family and things like that. And James is a lot more outgoing social Mm -hmm. you know and in bad ways from time to time like a little too involved in the the social circuit he's at concerts with pj tucker instead of joelle's wedding but look i I think he's got a connection with a lot of these guys i mean certainly it helped that one of the people we talked to today was d house who owes a lot of his career to playing next to james harden but until i hear somebody that's on the roster and in the locker room, say something negative or even my, like an anonymous player for quote. sure. Yeah. But my assumption is just these guys will carry on They They don't view this as like, there's been a lot of pushback. Like the media is creating this, the media is doing that. And I like, I get it, but he held up Daryl Morey as a liar. Yeah, signs like, twice. Like, he's no. in public doing these things. It's not like I'm yeah. going out of my way to report on this stuff, but it is also our duty to say, look, that team has supported him and wants him here. And I think that's probably the most important thing throughout all this. Yep, I agree. All right, we'll get to the next segment. Quick before then, a quick word from Restoration 360, the sponsor of this trip. When disaster strikes, call the company that cares, Restoration 360, your trusted partner in restoration and recovery. No job too big or small. Fire, water, mold, no matter the damage, we're here to make it right. Call Restoration 360 today at 215-273-3592 or visit our website at restoration360.com for more information. Restoration 360, we're here for you every step of the way. Fast, experienced, dependable, available 24-7 because disasters don't wait. Call now at 215-273-3592 or visit them online at restoration360.com. Shout out to Restoration 360. When I heard we hear, we're here for you, I thought of the episode of Succession where they're thinking of the new 
tagline for ATN yep. and they changed it to we here for you. And then they had, uh, sorry, I don't want to go too down the succession. And <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not sure a company the, being compared, yeah, compared to the Roy's is necessarily yeah. what they want. No, it's, it's definitely not. We love Restoration 360 and they're not spying on people the way that ATN's <laughs> cable signal was. All right. So where do we want to go from here? I think it's interesting because this happens in the NBA seemingly every year. Like there's a player who's pissed off, wants a change, doesn't necessarily happen on the timeline, and they've got to come back to a team. Obviously, it just happened last year with Kevin Durant. James Harden and Kevin Durant are slightly different in terms of personality. Do you think this is comparable to what happened last year? It's comparable in that it it played out in a similar fashion so far, right? Where puts in the trade request, doesn't want to be there, lays out, I want to be in Phoenix. I can't remember. Were there a couple another couple more teams in that group last offseason? I know Phoenix was like Phoenix top of the list. Phoenix was the one. I don't remember if there was another one or two. I feel like there was maybe one or two more last summer, but Phoenix was the, the top candidate. And then we get to media day, training camp, things settle down. He goes out and hoops because as Kendall, or <laughs> saying my wife's name, Kevin Durant. <laughs> or, or Kendall Roy. Yeah, it could yeah. have been a uh, call Succession back, and yeah, my yeah. wife, and it's a hundred different things. So Kevin comes back, and as we all know, he loves the hoop. He loves to tell people that he loves the hoop and goes about his business for a little bit until it's, okay, I really want to get out of here, and I got to go. And he ends up in Phoenix. And for the Sixers, that'd be the perfect scenario, right? I think this James Harden partnership if it lasts into this year, I certainly don't think you and I are sitting here thinking it's going to go beyond this no, year, right? Like this, no. it would be a temporary I solution. Mean, look, I think Daryl Morey wouldn't close the sure. door on it, but James Harden just seems so hurt by what happened. And I don't think he believes that Daryl Morey and the Sixers will pay him next summer. And that's what 95% of this is about. So I think he wants, I, I think that desire to go to a team that will want to give him that next contract, that's not going away. Yeah, so they're also not going to get the return that the Nets got for Kevin Durant, right? Because he is not Kevin Durant, has never been, and his reputation is what it is. But I think if you look at that situation, it at least gives a little bit of hope to say, all right, the Nets were in that same spot, and Kevin Durant came back and was relatively professional, ends up getting his move. And honestly, the Sixers should show him that and remind him of that and be like, look, dude, this could be your path. If you help us for these next, call it three months, four months, whatever the heck it might be. You all right over there, Derek? Oh, he's got the, you got to hit the cough button. (laughs) So that's a blueprint for them, I think. And we'll see if he ends up buying into this. Again, we could wake up tomorrow morning and all hell breaks loose, but luckily yeah. that hasn't happened yet. I very much think that this is a, he realizes the best way to get what he wants. Um, it's self-interest, but if self-interest, you right, know, but there's, crosses there's, over, There's a good. point where self-interest, you get frustrated that that self, like, for example, he, um, you know, he made that, that sacrifice last year in terms of his contract. It then became a, a sticking point that that sacrifice wasn't returned. If he feels like he's sacrifice, sacrificing, trust me, air quotes, now, sacrificing to make $36 million. Sacrificing now <laughs> to come back to the team because he thinks that's going to get him traded. If he doesn't get traded, he could get frustrated again. Yeah, for sure. So on the point of the contract, we did want to get to, and Marissa, you could probably pull this up. Stephen A. I know everyone, so there will be a bunch of people who roll their eyes. At, it's Stephen A. But Stephen A. today 
had a, a segment on Five First Take where he talked about, about something that happened James Houston, talking with ago. Houston and Houston sort Rockets of the, talking to the end Hall. game of what happened Thinking there. about bringing him back after uh, Ime Udoka was Can born. we hear it? No. James Harden actually talked, this is what I'm told. I haven't confirmed it. It's not coming Harden. through for us. So I can. This is what you know, I was told. He actually it? talked himself out of a max deal because he went in there talking about how he wanted to return to being that scoring champion. And he made Yudoka, and then we're like, nah, we ain't trying to have that here. We building something a little bit different. <laughs> had he come in there and said the right things. They would have given the max contract. They would have gave him a max four-year deal. He talked himself out of his own max deal. Well, you would have him on your team you running a ball club? No. Not me. No. No, no, no. I wouldn't mind him on my okay, team. So that, that, the gist of it is James could have had a max deal if he had shut his mouth is essentially what Stephen A. Right. is getting at there. I would say Derek and I talked about this based on who we have talked to over the last however many months since free agency started. I'm not even saying going, this is wrong. To, yeah. I think it's probably there's like a somewhere in the middle version of what happened. Our understanding, and Derek, you can elaborate further, as certainly, is that Ime was not in on the James yep. Harden experience in general. Now, I know Ime, who coached in Philadelphia for a year, and I think he's a reasonable enough guy. Like, James does not fit his vision of what basketball should be, and I think he found that out when they were in Brooklyn together. But I, I think what most likely happened is that he comes in, he gets hired, and they're talking about within Houston, hey, we might want to do this, blah, blah, blah. And Ime's open to it. And then here's that. And it's like, yeah, I'm out. I'm not doing that. So from the moment they hired Ime, I heard a lot of skepticism of whether or not they would still be interested in James Harden. Yeah. I think, and again, this is, a, a, I think the most likely explanation is Ime had serious reservations and probably wasn't going to sign off on that. If there was a meeting that so, just sort of like confirmed his concerns and confirmed that he nail was in the yeah. coffin. I would be really surprised if they had a you know four-year max lined up and James is like, yo, I want to score a lot this year. And they said, no. <laughs> like Everyone knows James Harden. Everyone knows that when he, he goes Especially if you're giving team. him a four-year max, you're and essentially confirming you want him to be that especially guy. Especially someone like Ime, who was with him in Brooklyn. It's not a secret what James Harden's desires are. Right. I just don't think they were like oblivious to the fact that he's going to go to a young team without a lot of top scoring options and play any other way than I'm going to try to lead the league in scoring. So, I no, I don't necessarily buy that completely. Um, I'm not necessarily, <clears throat> like I said, saying that there wasn't a, a meeting or a discussion or back-channel discussions or whatever they have to do to not tamper. But, and I'm not sure. Because nobody tampers right, in nobody the tampers, NBA. Nobody tampers. Just the Sixers who got docked for signing, you know, P.J. Tucker. I'm not saying that didn't happen. I just don't think the order of or the, the impact of that meeting is as severe as it's being presented. Yeah, I would agree because by all accounts, Ime, not a James guy. And I don't think this was like a an eye-opening moment right. for it him. Was not it a was, secret, yeah. For sure. For so sure. look, but that's that's the James Harden world we're living in now, is there's the disconnect from who he is and who the less, rest of the league wants or perceives him to be. And I think there's also probably a tie in there with we're going to get to this very shortly. But I guess what we've been hearing about Tobias Har from Tobias Harris, D House, a bunch of these other guys about the changes between Doc Rivers coaching and Nick Nurse's coaching, where the message is a lot of movement, 
a lot of things that James Harden just doesn't like to do. And that I think is a really interesting subplot because if you get Joel to buy in, Joel's like the big guy who needs to buy into this, who's been with the team, all that. But now James comes in and you have the two isolation guys. Can Nick and the rest of the team beat that back a little bit, I guess. And let's be honest how they're talking, it's not always how Joel Embiid wants to play either. Correct. Like he wants the ball. He wants to isolate. He wants to be a distributor, yes, but he also wants to be the one forcing those rotations and, you know, take... I mean, he, he is not the quickest decision maker when he gets the ball at the top of the key like that, for sure. Yeah, so we'll revisit that in a second. First, I want to talk about our good friends at DraftKings Sportsbook because things are heating up in the ballpark. Phillies won the first wild card game last night. I know everybody back home is celebrating. And every other team that we, you know, we personally don't really care about is playing to finish the season strong and get into the playoffs for real. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers score $200 instantly in bonus bets, betting just $5 on baseball. And all customers can take a crack at a sweet payday with same-game parlays through DraftKings, multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777. Visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. If you want to know what we do when we're on the road, you know, if we're out partying late at night, <laughs> eating edibles, no, no, no. We're reading disclaimers over and over so we can nail them because <laughs> so that was perfect. I, so I don't screw it up with the <laughs> DKNG again. Hey, shout out to Susie Hunter, member of the All City family in the uh, comments here. So thanks for tuning in, Susie. Appreciate you. Uh, so, yeah, so circling back to what we were talking about prior to the break. Uh, the big theme we posted, Derek and I interviewed Tobias Harris at Media Day this week and went pretty, he seemed pretty excited about the offensive changes that Nick Nurse is going to implement here. And there's already been some pushback from Raptors fans on what he's going to do. And, you know, I in watched fairness, those teams last few years too. I I've get seen it. them I play. So yeah. I, I understand that there's some skepticism, but. The key theme here is movement and sharing and swinging the ball around and the ball doesn't stick. And honestly, I've watched over this offseason coaching clinics that Nurse has done, talks about those themes a lot. So I'm not surprised that it's come up here with his team. And I think the spiciest quote about this phenomenon so far, we got from... Daniel House Jr., who, you know, didn't play a ton last year, but honestly, one of my favorite people to deal with because he's just such a character. And here's the direct quote for anybody who missed it. It's a lot more selfless basketball. It's not so much a two guys having the ball. Doc is two guys ball dominant. Nick Nurse is everybody play together. Everybody work for each other. And he went on further than that. But 
that's the basic gist of it, right? And at least coming into training camp, preseason, regular season, that's the message being given that the ball sticking with Joel Embiid or the ball sticking with James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris. Honestly, Tobias is another guy that he likes yep. to take his time to operate. So Nick is fighting against the current a little bit here in that the personnel they have likes to play a very deliberate style of basketball. And so we're going to see if this ends up working out, but the guys do seem excited about it at the very least for now. Well, and this is also something that he worked against. You know, you mentioned that he was working against his personnel. That seemed like a lot of what happened in Toronto too. Before he got to Toronto, he was an offensive coach. Certainly if you go back and watch some of his teams in the G League or even overseas, they move the ball. Now you have to move the ball when you don't have stars like that, but you get to Toronto and they don't really have very many plus passers, really any plus passers on their roster. You get here, you have the same problem. So I think, is he going to be able to fully overcome, you know, like you mentioned, all the slow decision makers and people who want the ball? No, um, but he might help it a little bit. Uh, And I think one of the real ways he can do that is Tyrese Maxey. He talked a lot about how impressed he's been with his range, his ability to pull up from anywhere, his ability to free himself for shots. I do wonder if we're going to see a lot more of Maxey off-ball, DHOs, finding ways to get open and utilize that quick release. Uh, Something like that, you might have a little more movement. I don't, it's just, I think it's too much to ask a coach to be like, this is my system. I'm going to completely revamp this and make this the, you know, the Golden State Warriors. Just, it's just not realistic. You just hope a little less predictable, a little less stagnant than what Doc was able to do with the same personnel. Yeah, but uh, what I would say is before Joel became this really heavy at-the-elbow, mid-post type guy, he did run a ton of actions sure. that are quick handoffs. And honestly, we saw that same turnover by the sideline maybe 150 yeah. times between him and JJ with the exchanges. where Including one in a very crucial spot in, in, in a Boston series. Oh, yeah. So, look, there there will be pain that comes from that, and we've seen that from even teams that go to the finals. The Warriors have had turnovers and big moments, and that is part of the pain of being a heavy ball movement team, right? Mm-hmm. The more times the ball moves, there are just more things that can go wrong in certain ways, and that's why a lot of the lower turnover teams are – heavy ISO, one guy dominates the ball. So there's also, it's a give and take with it, right? I think for a team that wants to go all the way and has to build that synergy and that trust in one another, I still think it's overwhelmingly positive to keep everybody involved and to have that ball movement type offense. But you are giving some back. There will be more turnovers that come from that. And that's just something that people are going to have to live with. Yeah, I agree. I, you mentioned turnovers. I go back like the one thing Doug, Doug Collins' offense did, they didn't turn the they ball They protected over. the basketball. They didn't do a good job of scoring the basketball, <laughs> and they certainly weren't entertaining to watch, but they protected the basketball. It always is give or take. I do think oh, turnovers at times can be overrated because they come at the cost of generating the best shot or the best scoring opportunity you can get. I don't like to focus on them too much. You can't go too far, too crazy in that extreme. But someone like Golden State has always been a, a – relatively high to very high turnover team if that's coming on the right kind of turnovers the right kind of risks the right kind of ball movement it's something that you live with yeah so i think that has been that's been a big takeaway from first couple days of training camp is that these guys are even if it's unintentionally they are just killing doc rivers i know that's been red meat for a fan base that certainly was not big fans of doc throughout his tenure and but definitely at the end of it like when you ask a player like 
they're going to talk about what they're excited about with the new coach. Like you almost have to, like these are players who want playing time and the coach tends to be the one to, you know, give you that playing time. So I think it's, it's, you would expect them to be pro Nick and the changes that he's trying to make. But I also think there's some truth to it too. And you got to kiss a little ass, right? Yeah. You know, you gotta, you're not going to come out and say, it's like, Oh, you know, I don't like this new system yeah. that we're running. Yeah. And unless you're the Toronto Raptors where right. Siakam's getting thrown under the bus and, that's the that honestly that whole situation is crazy he got called out by the new head coach and the guy who runs the team and masai ujiri and it's like dude that's your best player and if he's not Who's bought in also could be a free agent next year you guys are yeah. are really cooked so that was that's a contrast to what we're talking about here where a new so, coach comes in and for a, a organization i respect and it has had success including at the highest level including against sixers they make so many decisions or handle things in ways that I just don't understand. Like, Fred, why would you not trade Fred? You weren't winning anything last year. They just, they don't maximize things that I think is, they should be obvious to maximize. And they make things like this Pascal situation where like, it's your best player, going to be a free agent. On the one hand, I respect it. On the other hand, I'm asking, what are you doing? What are you doing? I can't say too much about Masai because I recently reported something. I think it was during the the Dame sweepstakes as I reported on Toronto and Chicago and some other things, which by the way, Toronto reporters have come out and said the same things I did at the time. So vindicated for the record, but I got called a notorious Masai Ujiri hater right. by somebody on social media. So I, I don't think I have any active feelings. No, for you hate Masai, Masai as much as you hate everybody else. Yeah, which is to say oh. I'm neutral. I'm Switzerland. As Danny Green said the <laughs> other day. Love Danny. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, honestly, it's great to have him back on a team because, like, just talking basketball with that, it, it almost like he should be a podcaster, but just talking basketball with him is fun. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's honest, maybe honest to a fault sure. at times. We haven't gotten him in front of a microphone during the practice or after practices yet, but we always tend to appreciate just a little bit more. We're not biased toward these guys, but. You, you, definitely, appreciate him without you definitely biased, appreciate yeah. the guys who like, it was nice sitting down with Tobias the other day for 15 minutes and have like a real conversation. Not everybody gives you that. Not everybody's interested in that. So guys who are, you know, we always as media, even as the calloused cold media members, give a salute to them. What do you think? I agree. I agree. Talk about our, Thank one you. of our other friends at game time. You know, the Phillies, again, I have to bring them up again. 1-0 in the wild card series. Might be moving on to a real playoff series quite soon. And, you know, you guys are wanna, going to want to get tickets that I know we recently had a giveaway. Say, at, like, at, at this time yesterday, I'm like, man, I'm so glad that they don't have the one-game playoff series anymore. That's an <laughs> abomination after a 162-game season. It's too random. Now I'm like, gosh darn it. Why don't they have they just a one-game series? They could have just been in. They would have qualified. Yeah. So, but look. <laughs> We're hoping, knock on every piece of wood, that the Phillies keep on keeping on. And if they do, the Game Time app is where you guys are going to want to go to get tickets to playoff games. Obviously, there's lots of Eagles games, Sixers games coming up, but also concerts and you know musical theater that you might want to get to. Hit up the uh, the Walnut Street Theater at some point or the Kimmel Center. You never know. So you know, with Game Time, you don't have to plan months in advance. The deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Exclusive flash deals. Football, basketball, baseball, everything. And the game time guarantee means you get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. I think that's just awesome. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code PHLY, $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, so do we have any other thoughts on dunking on your mortal enemy, Masai Ujiri, or are you going on to Tyrese Max? No, I was going to say, I think sights and sounds from practice today is probably where we're at. The, the two things that stood out to me would be, one, sniper B-ball paw. Yep. Sniper shake is off the team, so they got to get a new sniper from the we, perimeter. We, we had somebody in chat asking, are they shooting the ball well? Everybody shoots the ball well in the open gym. They're NBA players. It's honestly, I have seen, and people were losing their minds I saw today about Ben Simmons making 10 free throws in a row. I mean, to be fair, I don't know if I've ever seen him. <laughs> okay, that is fair, but... I would say the amount of terrible shooters that I've seen make eight to ten threes in a oh, row, yeah. that list is yeah. substantial. Now, that being said... No, I, I spent years going like, man, this is Thaddeus Young's breakout year because it was like the first time I was around an NBA team and it was like he's shooting the heck out of the ball. Yeah. Now, that being said, where we did see Paul shooting today was in a competition with, with guards. Tyrese. Yeah. Tyrese and De'Anthony Melton were both involved. And... I think that is an indicator of, okay, they are serious about, they want him to shoot yeah, this year. I agree. I do. I, I, I'm just going to go back. I just don't trust his release. It's so long, so elongated, so much extra movement. When you put pressure on him, I'm just not, again, I'm hoping it works. I'm not ready to say I'm confident. He's one of those guys that, and you go back and he shot pretty well in the G League. Until I see it on an NBA court against NBA athletes with NBA closeouts, I, I'm just skeptical. Wait, I'm, we're getting Slack messages right now. Marissa, did you not get a shot with our eyes open? I'll give you a thumbs up, too, if you want to get a photo of us for social purposes. I was kind of going for the more natural look. But to, uh... <laughs> the candidates? No, I love a candid. So anyway, but... sorry for the segue there, but I was, I'm getting roasted for shutting my eyes and looking all over the place. I mean, I took 15 photos and all of them. You know what's funny? I'm normally the the photo, not photogenic, I wouldn't say, but well, I'm, I'm like, not the photogenic I'm, one. I'm good at taking yeah. pictures for events and things like decent at smiling, all that <laughs> nonsense. So of course I'm screwing it up for professional purposes. Anyway, to get back to the topic <laughs> at hand. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not expecting Paul Reed to come out and shoot 40% from three this year. Right. Um, I'd be thrilled if he shot 35, just like league average. If he shoots 32%, but on enough volume that teams actually give a shit, that to me is is step one in the right direction. Absolutely. So, look, the early signs are they want him to view himself as you're one of the guys who must shoot on this team. I think last year, certainly his whole career in the NBA up to this point, it's been more you are taking that shot in an emergency only. Doc Rivers is not allowing you to take that. Nobody wants you to take that that's on the team. I think if Paul Reed had taken a three last year, George Niang You've might have strangled him. in every one of these. <laughs> George Niang might have strangled him on the floor before he left it. So I think it's important that from day one for Paul, he's getting that message like, just go, buddy. He's He's figured out the... The pick and roll, all that is, you know, roll man duties and certainly playing next to James Harden helps him yeah. there. So now's the time to expand and, you know, we'll see what happens. Yep. I agree. But I agree. the other side of it, as Derek brought up, Nick Nurse used the word unbelievable to describe Tyrese Maxey today. I don't know if Derek, you wanted to pull up the 
the full quote on sure. that on what Tyrese got into at practice today. Maxi was unbelievable today. He had one of those days where nobody could catch him on anything. He then went on to talk about his shooting. Uh, I'm always super impressed with his range and how well and the ease he's shooting the ball from deep. It just comes off so effortlessly. He then says there's uh, just some quirks, uh, some shift shiftiness, almost forgot the F there, that he loses people on the perimeter and then he's wide open from three. So he talked a lot about, like I said, his shooting, uh, his range, uh, how well he, he he's able to get the shot off. Um, he he talked, you know, a lot about just Tyrese controlling the gym. Now I'm getting accused of doing the edibles are hitting me hard. I promise you, I have not touched a single piece of weed since coming out here. <laughs> Might happen at some point, but certainly <laughs> hasn't happened yet. I had I had a precisely one beer last night. That was the extent of my illicit substance consumption <laughs> so far. So I prom I'm above board. I'm in. I'm in game mode right now. This yep. is this is preseason for us too, so I gotta work on the uh, the climate train or not climate training. The <laughs> what is what the hell is the word I'm looking for? Playing the altitude training. Yeah. There you go. Uh, that's what I'm working on. Yeah, and now I'm, I'm never beating the edible charges. <laughs> so yeah, the the gist of it is, I think everyone's very excited about Tyrese, rightfully so. Nick also said that. He provided a lot of juice for the team getting to the basket. And that, I think, is where that's where the playmaking is going to come from, right? He has to get to the rim. And when he puts pressure on teams there, every time can't be, I'm going to take a runner or floater, or I'm going to take a tightly contested layup over a really long athlete at the rim. It's got to be skip pass to the corner, drop off to Joel or Paul, maybe a lob to Mo Bamba, whatever, or you know, strong side if somebody helps there. Those are the reads he's got to get more comfortable right. and it's got to become natural. I do think that he's been talked up by some of these guys, not just Nick Nurse. I think Tobias and even Paul Reed, who, again, he's going to be a key recipient of a lot of his passes. So all good feedback on Tyrese so far, but nobody's going to give, man, he really sucked in practice yeah. today, feedback yeah. on Tyrese. Look. I remember going to Charleston <laughs> last year and Jaden Springer, you thought he was the next coming of freaking Scottie Pippen with the way they talked about him. He grew seven inches. You know, he all of a sudden is a great passer and a scorer. Like, just calm down. All the quotes right now, especially on the record, are going to be positive. But, of course. But with the progress we've seen Tyrese Maxey make as a shooter, including like we talk about all the time, his shot diversity and the number of different ways he can get that shot off, I buy it completely. <laughs> Nico telling you to bring some back, uh, bring stuff over state lines, not necessarily I was going to say, what, you want me but to commit a federal crime? I was with like, you last night. Just be a good teammate, man. Just be a good teammate. That's uh, all I'm saying. Nothing is, uh, I'm staying away from all the, all the edibles. Mostly just and so that other. we can't make fun of you anymore. For yeah, it. it's less, I'm, I'm never beating the allegations. So You're the one who brought do? it up. Nobody knew about those Slack, those pictures on Slack. Well, you listen, you know, I'm, I'm honest. I, I'm receptive to criticism. I'm trying to, I'm trying my best here. We could do a slideshow. We could show all <laughs> oh, of Oh God. Them. Yeah. I don't, that might be a, the, like a social, we'll, we'll do that later and see how terrible that I look. I'm sure uh, Kendall will love seeing that, seeing me get roasted by everybody. All right. One more uh, quick read from FOCO and then we'll close this on up. And also, like always, last segment, there's... Actually, like, really quick, before we get to that, we were asked, what package are you hoping to obtain for Harden? How many packages of edibles do you think <laughs> uh, Harden would go for? Is, like, is that the same exchange rate as a crumble cookie for Tobias Harris? That was funny. Over the summer with, with Tobias and a crumbled cookie. Um, no, I would, ex <laughs> I would expect... That's a good question. 
they almost How go many hand crumble? in hand. It seems like Tobias and Harden have to be traded together because the crumbled cookies go with that. <laughs> I was going to say, how much would a gram? How how comparable is a gram to a crumble cookie? Like, what's the I, exchange I rate no on idea. that? Anyway, one quick word from Foco. Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It is the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. And with us now squarely in football and tailgating season, it means it's time for overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. Foco has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. Foco always has our backs for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get in on the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use a promo code PHLY for 10% off. So the Sixers spent some time with Hold on, we're getting some exchange rate answers here. Okay, a cookie okay. is equal to an eighth. I don't know if I'm riding on that one. That's Better be a hell of a been cookie. A, it's been a, I was going to say, uh, not that I know these things, but that seems that, that's quite a cookie if yeah. that's the exchange rate. Uh, yeah, like I said, like I was going to say, if you have... Uh, I'm really going to get myself in trouble. I, you're really going on about it. It's all <laughs> your own doing. If you have any questions, drop them in the chat. We'll try to get to them uh, if we have a couple minutes. Last segment here, starting off with Dion, Coach Prime. I spent some time with him. Uh, overall thoughts on what he said. Uh, you, you, did, you did watch the... Uh, I watched watch the entire the thing. You know, it's... I would say if we're typecasting ourselves, I'm more of a Coach Prime guy than yeah, Derek is. If I had to, 100%. if I had to wager on that one, I got like five one. minutes through and it was too much. <laughs> no, look, I do think that he's a lot, right? Like, it's, there's no denying that. But I think the testament to you know the gravitational force that he is is that room, at least from what we could tell, was locked in on what that guy was saying. And he certainly commands respect from the audience he was speaking to yes. in terms of professional athletes. Yes. Yep. And how he delivers the message. Do you think some anybody was upset way. if he wore a hat or had sunglasses on? No, I mean, look, yeah. that's, these guys are making all kinds of wild fashion choices. So. Well, uh, specifically that was from this, uh, CSU coach that got really upset at him because grown men shouldn't yeah, wear I don't hats. Know. We might have to leave the campus if we are praising coach prime at all on the show. That's, I don't know if we're going to get booted, but yeah, I thought it was interesting just to see those guys as engaged as they were with his talk. They were all, you know, they're raising hands and asking questions as if they were back in high school or something. And, you know, all the messages are pretty standard type of stuff, right? Like the, I honestly would compare most of what I heard to what we hear from the guys like Charles Barkley and Shaq when they're on inside, right? Yeah. Like their driving message always. It's like, look, Role players are important and all the little things matter and blah, blah, blah. But end of the day, it's the big dogs. It's the franchise players. Those are the people that drive your teams. And so I think because that's coming from Joel hears it all the time from Shaq and people like that, right? Just hearing that from somebody in a different sport who Dion was ultra successful as a player and also played with, was a unbelievable hall of fame guy in his own right. Also played with Jerry Rice, who yep. probably the greatest to ever play at his position, and seeing that like day to day, play to play, what it takes to and be on a great two team. Two people with a very different personality. Oh yeah, Jerry Rice like head down, master craftsman, all and that. And also Jerry Rice, almost pretty famously, a guy who didn't really want to coach at all. Like even like his own yeah. teammates, the younger players on his team, just not into that. Yeah, and so somebody who has whatever you think of him now, I'm talking about Dion as a coach, recruiter, personality, whatever. 
his connection to those guys and his legacy as a player is really important, yeah. I think, for just these guys to hear it from somebody from football. It's why they have these speakers every year where they'll bring people from the business world and they just try to tie it all together in a way that, look, the leaders have to lead. The, you need to know who those guys are on your team. And everybody else has to be completely committed to the task of winning. I thought that was probably the most important thing he said in the, whatever, 25 minutes or so that was posted that yeah. if you are not here to win, I don't want you here. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how much money you've made in the past. I don't care. Like I'm not going to stop you from going somewhere else and being who you want to be. But if you are not all in at practice in dropping, you know, the off court stuff that you yeah. need to and the distractions, then get the hell out of here. Like that to me is what I would want to hear from a leader. And I think that's probably the reason that Nick and them brought them to Dion. You know, I think the the quotes that are going to get the most attention are when he mentioned about Embiid not playing against Jokic. You know, he said, don't sell me the game that this is what I'm going to get. And when I turn on TV, I don't get that. I don't like that. If Embiid is playing Joker, I want to see Embiid versus Joker. And I think, you know, uh, he also mentioned at one point, a lot of guys ducked that smoke right now. And that's going to get the part that's replayed a lot, a lot of attention. I don't necessarily think the Sixers, and some of the Sixers, Tobias specifically, was asked about that today. I don't think they're going to take that personally per se, because I don't think they're... No. I don't think anybody actually believes Embiid is ducking Jokic. I think they're talking about it as like Embiid is using this as load management or a place for rest or whatnot. But, you know, maybe this does change his approach the next time it happens. I don't know. Yeah, also, I mean, I understand, and I get the fan perspective on this, too. They all want to see all these guys, but Joe, or they would also not trade Joe being healthy in the playoffs right. for a regular season game. The way to solve this is to play fewer games. It'll never happen. The NBA doesn't want it to happen. The Players Association doesn't want it to happen. But that is the actual solution, not being like, well, you can't rest your best players. That's just not, that's not a solution. Yeah, so I'll say this, though. I want to I see Joe say, play I in was, Denver this year. I mean, I, I <laughs> straight up. Remember the whole I'll eat a basketball thing? That was that was, that? Was, that was about Joel <laughs> playing in Denver. With him coming up and an MVP push and him being the front runner, I did not think there was any chance he was going to not play in that game. So I certainly I hear you. Yeah. Hear that's it's the to me it's the fundamental problem that the NBA has to solve right now. You turn on any other sport in the world you are seeing the best players play so long as they're not actually injured, right? That's yeah. There's no substitutes. That's like Joe Burrow is dragging his yep. leg around on, was it Monday Night Football, I guess? Because he's going to be out there. They have to win. Those games are urgent. They might not make the playoffs if they skip, you know, two games. And that's the whole, that's the biggest argument for cutting the schedule down. When those games mean more and you can space them out and we don't have to say, oh, Joel or Jokic or KD or whoever has to sit out on the second half of a back-to-back or three games and four nights when you just say, hey, we're playing on Monday and Friday right. and that's it. And you have three days between or space it out however you want, but you have actual built-in rest. These guys can get better. They can't, you can't trot out the excuse. And some of it has to be more desire to play through shit. Like, there's no way these guys get better treatment, better everything now than, you know, that's the one place I agree with all the old heads, like the eighties guys were like, Oh, back in my day, we played 
82 games plus the playoffs and there was no such thing. It's like some of it is just like suck it up, bro. Like, yep. you, you can do it. There's a difference between you're in pain and you're actually hurt. Yep, I agree. We have a couple questions here. Gavin asking if I actually did eat that basketball. No, I did not. I was I consulted some <laughs> medical professionals. They told me that would not be good. So I will have to be smarter on my bets in the future. Uh, we also have, uh, I forget where it was. There's one from Nico, expectations for Kelly Oubre. Yeah. Nico, I don't know if you saw our earlier pod about Kelly. I think Derek and I skew toward the negative side of things. But we do think he will play. Yes. And I do think, again, words only mean so much. His career up to this point is more important than what he says at media day. But the message that he's gotten from Nick Nurse and Daryl Morey, who he admitted pursued him pretty hard this summer, is that nothing is guaranteed to you here. Like, he is coming off a 20-point-per-game season on bad efficiency, mind you, but coming off a big season, and they're telling him, look, man, there's an opportunity for you, but there is no guarantee for you. You have to come in, establish yourself, be a role player, buy into that, buy into the concept we're selling – like if you're talking about other guys who are not in that ball movement, swing, swing, share the ball style, yep. he might be the worst one out of all of them. Does not pass the ball. It has been a black hole. So look, I don't personally expect much, but the big opportunity for him is that there are no wings on this team, really. Yep. It's like him and D house and that's it. So if he comes in, he can defend a lot of guys with his size and athleticism and, Buys into the team concept, there is absolutely a place for him in this rotation. Randy asking whether or not Ubre and Harden talked today. We don't know. <laughs> we didn't talk to either of them. Yeah, that is. Don't know uh, if that whole situation has been resolved. No, that was. I, as we found out on the one podcast, that was that was quite a surprise to yeah. the two of us who are not in the NBA gossip mill so much as the the tape watching and the stats and all the other stuff. So. We're going to see. I mean, it's been a while now. Now they're married, so I would imagine, to some extent, I would hope that James Harden has moved on. Move on, yep. Healthy. Randy asking, or basically saying that Embiid was load managed due to altitude likely about the Denver. I think that's probably a factor. I don't know entirely, um, but certainly I think you could make that case. Uh, he did play him in Philly. He has played him in Philly. I, I truthfully don't think he is ducking, especially when he was coming up on the MVP. I, I don't whatever decision they made for that reason. But it has been a while. He doesn't play here often. And I think th you always have to remind people that load management and things of that nature, a lot of that is on the teams. It's, yeah. the, the decision is being made above Joel. Now, what, certainly at Joel's level, right. he has a lot of say in it. It's, right. it's but, not like an average role player. Sure. But I would also say like if a, a player is willing to listen to that advice and recognize that they are the experts, I would give him credit for that. But Joe, just... Play in Denver this year so we don't have to talk about it, please. Yeah. Now, I do think if you were to get the medical team on record, which you never will, the nope. teams will never do that. I do think there is a sentiment that has been growing in the last few years or so, or maybe the last call it year and a half, let's say, that maybe they need to play guys more and more consistent is better than hey, you really ramped it up and then we got to scale you back down. Just playing at that consistent, right. let's say 32, 34 minutes, whatever it is, is better than saying, oh, we got to play you 40 tonight and then tomorrow's a night off. That not pushing that red line 
but just staying at that constant steady pace is probably the the optimal route to go. I agree. I agree. Well, I'm glad Dr. Bodner agrees with the the medical experts. Do you play fantasy basketball? <laughs> I do not play do fantasy not basketball. Actually, I feel like we talked about this one day that, that I dropped. That was a question from Akil, by the way. I didn't just randomly bring it yeah, up. Yeah, I, I dropped fantasy sports altogether because it was one of those things that brought me like 10% joy and 90% yep. frustration. I and agree. I was like, no, nah, I'm out. I, I've spent enough time. I've won enough leagues i also have a problem where like i would join like four or five leagues and it's just it's too just many and then I would just, i'd give 10 percent effort on all of them and I, it just wasn't worth it dude i don't even do i said i don't even do football anymore because once they added thursday thursday night football it went from oh i wake up on sunday morning and i'll, I'll see what's going on and set my lineups to i gotta pay attention during the week other it's than just, the waiver wire like what are we doing here it's too much busy work yeah yep nope i'm out yeah no thank you uh, let's see. You have any more questions here? It looks sure like we have we're... any great questions in the chat. Come on, guys. Oh, I'm getting a text from. Let's see. Oh, looks like we got a. We're getting the call that we might have to shut it down here. I think we're getting kicked out of Colorado entirely, or okay. Colorado State anyway, for Coach Prime praise on the show. So well, I guess that's there's good... nothing we can do, guys. That's Sorry. probably the best place to cut it off. Then thank you, Kyle, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. Thank you guys. Hit that subscribe button and the thumbs up on the I way out. I completely forgot about that this pod, didn't I? I know I you did. So completely. I'm always here to pick you up. Thank you, everybody back home. I see Akil. I see Gavin, Eugene, Nico, RC, Randy, all kinds of people in the chat today. Squirtle, who I know is in Colorado, by the way, best starter Pokemon. So goodbye, everyone, for today, and we will catch you again tomorrow. Thank you.